After a presentation a few months ago, I was asked if I would say that I have high self-esteem. And I don't think I've ever been directly asked that question before, but I tried to give an honest answer. So I thought about it for a second or two, and then I said, no, I don't think so. But I'm working on trying not to be so hard on myself. So after the presentation, I questioned, and I was a little bit concerned about why. I couldn't honestly respond to that question with an emphatic yes. Yes, I do have high self-esteem. I then began thinking about the people in my life who I see as having it all together. People who would be totally justified in having high self-esteem. Three people immediately came to mind. So I decided to give each one of them a call. And after a quick hello, I jumped right in and asked, do you have high self-esteem? All three of them initially chuckled a bit. And two of them asked why I was asking. But I refused to give any context for the question and just said, I'm curious, do you have high self-esteem? And I wrote down each of their responses. The first person said, I guess I don't really know. I don't spend too much time thinking about that. I would say that I don't have low self-esteem, but that wasn't the question, was it? And then there was a long pause, followed by them saying, no, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I have high self-esteem. The second person asked how I would define high self-esteem, but I didn't take the bait and attempt to provide a definition. I just said, whatever definition you want to use, there was again another long pause as they thought about it. And then they said, I'd like to think that most of the time I have a healthy level of self-esteem. The third person said, can I think on that for a while and then get back to you? I tried to be somewhat polite when I said, uh, no, they laughed. And then again, there was a lengthy pause before they answered with a, you know, it's just not something I spend much time thinking about. But the opinion that I have of myself, it tends to fluctuate, not as wildly as it once did, but through the years, I've learned to accept myself, faults and all. Okay, so I wanted to share their responses, not to suggest that I am somehow on the same level as these people that I hold in such high regard, not at all. And before I go any further, I am not implying that having high self-esteem is in some way bad or entirely unrealistic. If you're sitting there and listening to this and going, you know what? I do have high self-esteem. All I can say to that is, that's great. That's fantastic. Truly, keep doing whatever you're doing. But the reason why I wanted to share those responses is because I think it's a good way to introduce and frame a discussion about self-esteem. I think it was William Shakespeare who said, expectation is the root of all heartache. And while I don't think I would take it as far as old Billy Shakes did, I think it's fair to say that much of our unhappiness is a result of the lofty expectations that we ourselves and our society place on the individual. Self-esteem, it can be described as how we feel about ourselves, with feel being the operative word there. Because what we know about feelings is that they change, they fluctuate, they come and they go. So if you agree with that definition, it's reasonable to expect that one's self-esteem will change. It will vary from day to day, hour to hour, maybe even minute to minute. So in a way, having high self-esteem is possible, but not perpetual. Doable, but not really durable. And taking it further, if someone has the expectation of having a solid, a static feeling about themselves that could be described as high, well, that will likely result in frequent feelings of disappointment. So with all this, it's important to recognize that when you've held yourself in high regard, just because that high regard didn't last, doesn't mean that the regard wasn't real or reasonable. 
And when your esteem is low, please know you can shift. You can change that point of view, that point of view of you. The up and down, this high and low nature of self-esteem. This is the first of a few things that I want to address on the topic. But before wrapping up this first point, I want to share a song that I listen to when I'm feeling really great about myself. And it's the exact same song that I listen to when I'm feeling really low, insignificant, maybe even worthless for me and possibly you. The best reminder to have at the highs and lows of self-esteem is that life keeps moving on. And that's the name of the song, Life Keeps Moving On. And it's by Ben Rector. And here are a few of the lyrics. Okay. Here's the truth. Life sucks sometimes. When it hurts so bad that you can't go on, life keeps moving on. When you feel that you've been done wrong, when you're sure your world is coming down around you, life keeps moving on. But when it's good, when you're flying higher, when your feet float up above the ground around you, life keeps moving on. When you're glad, when you're fat and happy, when you don't need for anything, life keeps moving on. And I'm realizing that I'm not doing the song justice by just reading the lyrics. So here's Ben Rector to finish this important message. And it is beautiful and tragic Different verse but same old song Sometimes the only thing you learn is Is that life keeps moving on We're better off the sooner that we find That life is mostly what we choose to see Cause whether or not I've got what I want Life keeps moving on in front of me. If by sharing that song, I introduce just one person to a small slice of the peace that that song provides me on a consistent basis, yeah, that will go down as a huge win. Okay, now onto the second suggestion I want to make on this topic of self-esteem. And that is, it might not be best to spend too much time thinking about it. Okay, so this is just my opinion. I don't have any research that directly backs this up, but I believe that a thorough analysis or evaluation of our current level of esteem, it's unlikely to result in a letter grade of an A, plus or minus. Why I say that is because of how our minds work. Us human beings, we have a tendency to give more importance to and to pay more attention to the negative in our lives than we do the positive. This is something called the negativity bias. And I've mentioned this bias in previous episodes, but I think it's worth bringing up again, not just to acknowledge how it can negatively impact the opinions we have of ourselves, but also to point out when these appraisals are likely to occur. I'll ask you this. Have you ever been having a great day? You know, just feeling really good about yourself. Or in the words of Ben Rector, when you're flying high and when your feet float up above the ground around you. On one of those days, have you ever thought it would be a good idea to pause the party, to pause the positive, so that you can ponder whether or not you have high self-esteem? I'm guessing that most people would say no. Instead, that negativity bias of ours will usually time that self-esteem question for the times when we're feeling low, feeling deficient in some way. And from that sunken space, the evaluation made about our self-esteem is unlikely to end with a high regard rating. All three of the people I talked about earlier either directly or indirectly communicated 
that they just don't spend much of their time, if any, thinking about their own level of self-esteem. And I believe that there is wisdom to be found in that commonality. Because maybe the people who others would describe as having or deserving of having high self-esteem, maybe those people don't keep tabs on their current levels of self-worth. It could be that their attention is focused elsewhere. And it's the where I presume their attention is primarily focused that allows me to get into the third and final point I want to make on this topic. While preparing for this episode, I looked up articles online about developing high self-esteem. And during those searches, many of the top results came in the form of how-tos and hacks for learning how to love yourself. I looked through a dozen or so of them, and some of the reoccurring suggestions were things like, don't compare yourself to others, forgive yourself, accept yourself, practice self-care, write yourself a love letter, write down your successes, express yourself, shower yourself with praise, give yourself a much-deserved treat. And while those recommendations can be seen as, as good suggestions, I noticed a trend in all the advice I came across. There was a very specific direction given for each and every piece of advice. And maybe you heard it when I was listing them off. Don't compare yourself. Accept yourself. Forgive yourself. Express yourself. Give yourself. Shower yourself. Self-care. Yeah, all of these directions were directed towards the self. And just to be clear here, I am not saying that any of that advice isn't at all helpful. I'm just pointing out that all of them point in, inwards, towards the individual. And I think that trend is telling when it comes to why so many of us struggle to develop higher self-esteem. On this topic, several recent studies have exposed a, a paradox for those of us who live in the U.S., which is the pursuit of happiness tends to actually make us unhappy. Researchers like Brett Ford at Cal Berkeley believe this is a result of just how individualistic our culture is. Ford talks about how our culture focuses on and is centered on the self. And with this focus on the self, it can result in us feeling frustrated, disengaged, and lonely. But there are many areas of the world where this isn't the case. For example, in East Asian countries, an individual's pursuit of happiness generally results in them having a higher sense of well-being. So what's going on there? Well, those countries, and many more like them, tend to be more oriented towards others, towards the group. So when they want to be happier, they focus on improving and expanding their social connections. A recent study out of Germany supported the importance of how and where we focus our time and energy to improve our self-esteem. In this particular study, participants were asked to write down how they plan on improving their life satisfaction over the next year. The researchers then broke down the strategies given into two categories, individual and social. And then a year later, they followed up with the participants. What they found was that the people who focused on their self by writing down individual, self-serving goals, the people who did that, they didn't see improvement in their overall life satisfaction. In fact, their pursuit of well-being was less successful than the participants of the study who said that they had no plans whatsoever for improving their well-being. However, the people who wrote down social goals, like spending more time with friends and family, meeting new people, volunteering, joining a group or nonprofit, 
The people who wrote down goals focused on connecting with others were more likely to follow through on their goals, and they, in turn, reported higher levels of life satisfaction. What study after study shows is that when it comes to being happy, improving our life satisfaction, and developing a a healthy and higher self-esteem, it's less about focusing on ourselves and more about focusing on caring for and connecting with others. 